The songs that we sing are not just for singing and for edifying. They are that. But they are to give us lessons and thoughts along the way and some things to ponder on in our life as we live day by day. To remind ourselves of that higher ground. At times it's not always easy for us to share with one another. You hear a lot of times what's going on in somebody's life after the events have taken place. You know, they don't tell you beforehand that they're going into the hospital until they get home. And then they tell you about it. And we can't hard to pray for you when you've already got home, but we do that as well. But uh, <clears throat> this is an interesting lot that we have. We want to share with one another. But the higher ground that we press towards, it's interesting because it's an interesting thought. It's an interesting study to look at the mountains and the valleys that you have in the scriptures. And they're interesting to read and they are reminders, as Paul reminds us in Romans 15 and verse 4, that the things that are written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So there's lessons in those valleys and in those mountains that we have. And one I think about at times is, is Elijah. And I think about him in uh, the contest with the contest with the prophets of Baal. Now there are other prophets that were false prophets were there as well, but he is dealing basically with the false prophets of Baal, 450 of them. And it's interesting to read that mountaintop, Mount Carmel, that mountaintop experience that he goes through. The, the boldness, the confidence, the assurance of who is in control stands out very plainly in that. He demonstrates it very well as he talks about it and he prepares his offering. He says, you know, dig a ditch around it and soak the offering three or four times with the water and everything else. Make sure that what happens, the people would know that it's God above who gave the answer. Tremendous. Then he has the 450 prophets killed. That was the mountaintop. The valley comes next. Jezebel threatens his life. One person threatens his life. And he takes off for a cave. He gets downtrodden. He's already demonstrated the power of God and he's in a cave telling God he is the only one alive and his life might as well go ahead and be taken because nobody is listening. And then the Lord gives him what I call that mathematical problem. You do not know how to count, Elijah. You go one and you stop. He said, I have got 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. 7,000. You missed it by 7,000. You you do not know how to count. How often does that apply to us? How many times do we fail to realize how many faithful children of God there are on the face of this earth and the stand that they are taking for the Lord? And we get discouraged because we've been persecuted a little bit and we think they're after us and they want to do, see harm done to us. And so we need to have that concept. But it takes a determination to climb the mountain. It takes a determination to come out of the valley. 
It takes the determination that you have a belief in who is involved and who is in control of the life that we live here. We read on the book of Philippians, and that's one of those, again, that's one of an interesting book to read through and to study, to remind yourselves again. We see the Apostle Paul, based on his complete life as we view it, faithful to God until death, losing his life probably in Rome, being beheaded, because he is a child of God and refuses to acknowledge or refuses to acknowledge the emperor as being God. So he loses his life. But he's very faithful in what he does. He's very faithful in the encouragement that he gives. And as he writes the book of Philippians, we say, I've often said at times, if you read Philippians, this is the book that the Philippians should have been writing to Paul. Telling them how proud they are and how encouraged they are to him. And that they are for him as well. But it's a tremendous letter. And it's in the third chapter. In verses 13 and following that we want to briefly read this evening. Philippians chapter 3, starting down at verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself as as apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And you have to read the other passages that talked about when he talks about what his former life was. So how does he forget and remember? It's a challenge, isn't it? How you can forget what has happened in the past, but learn the lessons from what has happened in the past and move on. But he says, he presses on. Uh, reaching forward to the things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I have a goal, I see. We call it heaven. We call it that eternal home. The dwelling place of the righteous. And he says, I'm pressing on. I'm, that's the goal I have in mind. And as he used the athletic uh, illustrations many times, he says, that's the, the prize. That's at the end of life. And that's where we head. And as with any athlete, Paul would, uh, Paul would tell Timothy, you do not win unless you compete according to the rules. There are rules. I don't think some of our sports personalities have learned that. That there are rules that you abide by. Uh, they act like they are on the school lot. And elementary kids who get into a squabble over what took place on a play. Uh, we're, we're just interesting people. But there are rules to be abided by. And he presses on towards that prize. Therefore let us, as many as are mature, those who have that hope of gaining that maturity, that you're in a fight, but you know you're in the fight. But as you're in the fight, you also know what you have or who you have on your side. And you know what you have on your side. You have God on your side and you have his word. That's the sword of the spirit. You have what you need. It's amply supplied to you. It gives it to you abundantly. So I have that goal in, our, in mind as I press on towards that goal. As you are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise... God will reveal even this to you. Sometimes I think we look for that still voice in the night. David, that's not the way you want to go. You need to change your course and do something that's better. Uh, I learn from his word. His word does that. As you read and you study, it says, 
no, I don't think you want to go down that road. You need to make a course adjustment along the way. Uh, but he will reveal that to you, not in a mysterious way, but through his word that he's left for us. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already obtained, we have attained something in our service to God. And we need to understand that we have grown. And through that growth, we see things differently. And we think we may have matured to a good point in our lives, and we need again to recognize, no, we're still babes in Christ. We're still young children in Christ. We're young adults in Christ. We're moving up, but we still are children of the living God. And we do not have it all figured out. The mind of man is not the mind of God, and we need to understand that sometimes in the life that we live. But we have attained. Let us walk by the same rule, and let us be of the same mind. There's a rule. We walk by the rule of God's Word. How many times have you heard individuals talk about, well, the Bible doesn't say, I, the Bible does not say I cannot do that. The double negative, and that's not good to use anyway. But, the, you know, what's, does, the Bible does not forbid me from doing that. And I've often said, if the Bible had to contain everything you could not do, would you want to read it? I mean, if it had to specify you read or you watch our news, you do any serious investigating or looking at anything that's taken place in the past and crimes that have been committed, would you want to read about those on a daily basis? Here's some things you're not, you're not supposed to do and have to list them. Crimes that are just horrible to even want to think about. And then would we, would we read it if we had that? Ours is simply, you do what he says. Don't worry about what he did not say. He told you what to do. You do that. You're going to be sad. You're going to be pleasing to God. But don't have this mind. Have this, we need to have that same mind. Because you hear so many times, well, I, we can do that. The Bible doesn't say we cannot do it. I mentioned at times before I've been numerous places. I haven't been in those congregations, but I've been in numerous places around the country and I've heard so many times from different places around the country, people making the statement, we did a three-year study, and we've concluded at the end of three years that it's okay to use the mechanical instrument of music in the worship service. I said, if I ever hear we're going to do a three-year study, I'm gone. Uh, it's, it's not going to happen. Uh, well, I don't understand that. Why a three-year study? That they think in three years they're going to come to a conclusion. We read everything. We looked at everything. We, we listened to a lot of people. We didn't listen to God. We, we forgot what he said. And we concluded this is the way we can go. We need to be of the same mind. And we're striving towards that. That's what we want to be. We want to be of the same mind. We want to have the mind that Christ had. We want to do the things that he would be pleased with. And that does call for sacrifice on our part. It's not me. It's God. It's what God wants me to do. He gave me a, an ability, and I'm expected, I'm expected to use that for Him, for His glory, and for His benefit. Be of the same mind that we are the children of God. Brethren, join in following my example. So there again is, you've got a pattern. Paul says, follow me. You can read here in Ephesians, you can read in Galatians, you can read in 2 Corinthians. <clears throat> How close are you want to follow Paul? 
the beatings he endured, shipwrecks he endured, hardships. We think of him as an apostle. We think of him being provided for. He said, I was hungry. I've learned to do with. I've learned to do without. I was hungry. I was naked. I was beaten. Driven out of cities. For the cause of Christ. Follow my example. Look what God has gone through. Look what Jesus has gone through for us. And note those who so walk, as you've learned, have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping. They are enemies of the cross of Christ. He said, I've got those I know. He's mentioned those later on. Fellow workers, Demas. He has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas is described as a fellow worker with Paul. One that traveled with him. One that was involved in the work of the Lord. But Demas allowed this present world to pull him away from God. He's forsaken him. What a commentary. That's those reminders along the way. For those that need to be reminded. Yea, you can fall. You can fall from where you ought to be. Fall from the grace of God if we're not careful. And don't keep that same mind. What is that same mind? It's the mind of Christ, one, yes. But what is that same mind? It's the mind that led you to become a child of God. Is it not? It's that mindset that led you to become a child of God. What did you decide when you became a child of God? I am repenting of the sins I've committed in the past. I acknowledge that they were sins. I'm turning to God for forgiveness. I'm asking for his mercy that he would wash away those sins and that he would remember them how long? That he would remember them no more. Have that mindset. This is what I want to do. This is what I did. I crucified self. I put self to the death because I want it to be pleasing in God's eyes. Have that mind in you as you walk day by day. It takes an effort. You cannot be a Christian haphazardly. You cannot be a Christian and go through life without any consciousness of what you're doing and where you're going and where you're headed and the influence you're having. It's a mindset. It's a determination of what we decide that we're going to do in the life that we're living in. We need to be reminded of that periodically. There are those who are enemies of the cross, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Know the consequence. Know the description given for the things of the world. It leads to destruction. And that's an eternal destruction. It can be a physical one, but it definitely will be a spiritual one. For our citizenship is in heaven, for which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to the, his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to subdue all things to himself. Our citizenship is in heaven. Some of us have traveled abroad. You take with you a little thing called a passport. 
tells you who, what country you belong to. Christians, you ought to take one along with you too. It's called the Bible. <laughs> Remind you what country you belong to as you go abroad. But it's interesting and it's sad. There are those who, when they travel abroad, and it's one of those sad commentaries, a, a book written called The Ugly American, is that oftentimes you can tell the Americans who are traveling abroad because they want to look different. And they forget some things. There are places, there are countries that when, where, for example, where drugs are easily available. And when you are leaving that country, before you enter or before you go through the airport for that final checking point there, they've got signs up and they've got comments there. If you have anything that is illegal, you had better leave it in that dish right there, right now. No penalty. No fine, no nothing. You just put it in that dish. But if you cross that line through that door and that drug is found on you, you're going to spend some time in jail. And their jails do not have the citizen crying for prisoners' rights as we have them here. Their jails are not where you want to be. And there have been numerous people who have tried to take the drugs through that point. They said, this is your last point. This is your last chance. You step beyond here and you've got drugs with you. You've got 10, 15 years. You're going to spend in jail. And how many people do that? They go through that. And they're spending time in jail in a foreign country. They're not home. Your citizenship is in heaven for us. That's where our citizenship is. Do not cross that line that will cause you to lose your citizenship. It's not worth it. Whatever it is, it's the things of the world. And it's not going to bring what it does. All the lies that are out there, all the things that say, oh, it's not this, it's not going to be a problem, it's going to be okay. They don't tell you all the things that are involved in it. We look for, in our society, and at times as Christians, we look for that safety net, if you will. How many times before we, because it's in the news recently as well, before you buy some, uh, I was going to say drugs, uh, legitimate drugs uh, for illnesses and so forth, uh, even prescription, not prescription, but just over-the-counter drugs, there's a lot of problems there with that now. That we look for something that says, this drug is safe to, t- to, to take. Why do they put that on there? Because you won't buy it otherwise. And they found out, that they're finding out, that many of those over-the-counter drugs, health products that are being sold in our markets today, CVS and, and Walmart and, and uh, Walgreens and such like that, are produced in a foreign country, And they do not meet the requirements that the United States has set for drugs. They got material in there. I won't use those, say what those materials are. You wouldn't want to know that they're in there. 
and they're causing problems. We live in a the, in the society, and we get, for those that do, have to get to watch it and be concerned about it, what's involved in it. You know, you, you can buy your drugs cheaper overseas than you can buy them here in America. But you've got to know where they're, how they're being produced, how they're being manufactured, what's being used, there, what kind of safety requirements do they have. Because I promise you, many of them don't have it. And they've been, that's been brought out so many times. It's, they've got other material in there uh, that, uh, no, are harmful. My citizenship is in heaven. I do not want to lose that citizenship that I have in heaven. And so I have the, the warning sheet here. I have the warning sheet here of saying, do not engage in these activities. Do not per, per, uh, pursue this, this line of reasoning, this characteristic in these attitudes that will bar you from reaching where you're a citizen of, reaching heaven. Things he said, have no part in me. You read back in Ephesians 5. It's some things he says, do not even let these things be named among you once. They will destroy your spiritual soul. So be mindful of that. We have this amazing grace that God has given to us that lets, lets us let go of the past. There's our hope in there because we fall and stumble along the way, but we need to know that amazing grace that allowed me to become a child of God. It's the fact that my sins are washed away and they're held against me no more. In Hebrews 10, 17, their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more, says the Lord. They're washed away. They're not held against me. And I need to live that type of life that I'll let those go. I make mistakes along the way. I repent of them. God washes them away. I can move on. I forget. Yes, I got lessons I learned. Many of us have physical scars in our body from things that happened to us when we were young and foolish. And they were, they're there. The scars are still there. And there are times when those scars are still tender to touch. There's a reminder. But I do not dwell on those physical scars. I say, oh yeah, I remember when I did that. I remember how foolish I was. Because I've received forgiveness. They're washed away. I move on. They remind me. From the other side of it, do not go down that road. You know where it leads. Don't go down that road. Use some wisdom. Be grateful for that grace of God that lets go of the past. Because what is he saying here? We're striving for the future. Look forward. That's where our, our aim is, is forward. It's not backwards. I don't want to look backwards. I don't want to backtrack, backpedal. I want to move forward. So I look for that prize. I learn along the way. And I am grateful for that amazing grace of God that lets the past be gone by. How many times was Peter willing to forgive a brother who sinned against him? Oh, seven times, he said. The law said about three. He said, I, I'll double that and add one. I'll make it seven times. I'll forgive. And the Lord says, no. <laughs> You've forgotten. 
It's not seven times. Seventy times seven. How often? How often do you want God to forgive you? So how often do you want to forgive a brother or a sister? Whenever it's asked for, it's granted. Do we listen to what the Lord has to say along the way? We read in 2 Corinthians 2, 5 through 11 about forgiving the penitent sinner. It has a reference going back to 1 Corinthians 5 of a brother living with his, uh, his father's wife. And they were told how to handle the situation. They put, the, put the, the brother out of the congregation. Well, by 2 Corinthians, they'd done that. And as they'd done that, then the brother has repented, come back. And of course, human beings are so kind and forgiving and willing to restore and welcome back with open arms. Not. They had to be reminded, you need to reaffirm your love for that brother lest he lose his soul again. You need to reaffirm that love. You need to know if he's repentant, you restore. You restore that fellowship. And at times again, we get to work and struggle with that along the way. But it's what we need to do. Uh, Again, I want my sins remembered no more. song we sing sometimes is, I walk with the king. If I'm walking with the king, does not his attitude, does not his characteristics, does not his walk change mine? If I'm walking with the king, my life is different. And I need that in my life. I need to be reminded of that. That's what we do for one another along the way. But we need to understand the beauty of the grace and the mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be grateful for what he's provided for us. Be grateful for what he is providing for us. Eternally grateful for what he will provide for us eternally of that home in heaven. But it does depend upon the invitation song that we're going to sing. I am resolved. I am determined. I've made a commitment. I am no longer going to be charmed by sin. And I'm going to go to where God wants me to be. What we need to do daily. I'm resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. How true that is. Draw the strength from God. Live day by day. And encourage one another as we go through this life together. If the life is not where it should be, there's a need to make a change. If we could assist you, if we could help you in doing that, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.